0: Hello and welcome to this ad hoc episode of the History of Guys, our football podcast. This is what I meant to do maybe two three weeks ago but life got ahead of me. Um, <laughs> if you don't know because I don't really talk about it on social media or on here I work in education in the UK and um, my job gets very busy around the time that everyone is taking exams um, <laughs> and uh, that's what's happening at the moment so literally it's gone from craziness to um half term break with the kids where you know i obviously wasn't able to you know, get any time or space or silence to do anything <laughs> uh, and then into a bit more madness um which will be ongoing for the next few weeks um in terms of just like you know the next episode will be the one. um in looking at the turn of the century um turn of the millennium um side Um, that is not as far through having been written as i'd have liked um so yeah that's a little way off it may well be that we just sort of put a bit of a pause on timeline episodes through the summer um because obviously no sooner will we be on <laughs> no sooner will i be through my busy bit then the season will be starting again um, because if you've been living under a rock for the past decade, um, the World Cup is in Qatar. Uh, It is in November, which is a very silly time to have a World Cup, Um, but it's a very silly place to have a World Cup. And um, as a result, it means that most teams um, are actually back training already. Um, The earliest I saw um, was actually the 31st of May. Um, but uh, I think the vast majority have been going back this week, um, which is not enough time for players to rest between seasons, for one thing. But, um, you know, the actual impact of the World Cup is that it's going to bring winter breaks forward. Um, so if you've never listened to this podcast before and don't know anything about football in the region, um Generally, uh, everything shuts down for about six weeks to two and a half months um, in the winter. Um, people will be going on their breaks earlier, so I think the World Cup itself starts 20th, no, maybe, sorry, 10th, middle of November. Anyway, so everyone's got to stop at that point. So rather than playing into December, all those games uh sort of getting pegged on to the start and, uh, into the spring. Uh, it's a bit of an ungainly system, uh, this season. Um, but to be fair, I think probably the least you listen to this particular podcast for are the ones that will actually be least impacted by it. Now, what I originally meant to do like three weeks ago was to do a roundup of the season past. Um, which is obviously quite difficult because everyone everyone's already getting ready for twenty two twenty three, 23 um and we're probably already past the statute of limitations whereby i can actually describe 21-22 as this season um this season probably does now refer to the one starting in a few weeks um particularly because we've seen a lot of transfer business already in the region um now A lot of the uh, leagues we obviously mentioned had already resolved themselves Um, the last episode we did. The three that hadn't, sorry, the two that hadn't were uh, Serbia and Slovenia, with Croatia only just having done so, because we recorded it um, just between the last two uh, rounds of fixtures. But obviously there's plenty that's gone on um, within of three nations. So I want to do something that's sort of specific to those three. So we'll be a bit weird and we'll go south to north this time. Um, <laughs> complete opposite to what we normally do. Um, I start off in Serbia. Now obviously Sven and Svěsta, uh, were declared champions, um, winning the title ahead of partisan, um, not overly surprisingly, um, the, um, Derby at the start of the post-split fixtures was the game that ultimately decided the title. Uh, Both sides then just won out from there. And yeah, (laughs) and that was that really. Um, It uh, was surprisingly facile, I think, for uh, Svenja Fiesta, who then went on to claim a double uh, defeating Partizan in the Cup final in a 2-1 uh, win, after which um, Partizan manager uh, Stanijevic departed the club. Partizan uh, announced their new manager this week, which is Ilya Stelicca. Uh If you recognise that name, you may well recognise that name. Um, he used to manage uh, Olympia, he used to manage uh, Vosovac, and also Vojvodina. Uh, and after Olympia then ended up with uh, for the past three years has been banging around the national side setup. Um but uh, yeah, I mean his state Olympia was for five games, his state of Voivedina was for eight games. So really Vostovac is the only um real established spell he's actually had. I think really much of his reputation has come through uh, firstly his management of the under seventeens um in the middle of the last decade. Uh, and management of the under-21s. I think probably an argument could be made that um, it's perhaps not what the heritage should expect uh, partisan to have in a manager, but I think there's also generally the appreciation that he is a pretty safe pair of hands. Um, and, you know, if you look at uh, the Voivodina and Olympia spells, you would point to issues behind the scenes there um, and having to deal with some particularly intractable characters there. Now, um, looking forward to next season, uh, we'll very quickly mention that we have uh, new sides in the league. Um, so coming up were uh, Javo, uh, who obviously we know them before, Javon Ivin- Ivinitsa, uh, but entirely new to the top flight are Mladost Novisad, um they won the league they have since um lost their manager uh Ljubomir who has uh, been replaced by Branko Zigic who used to manage um Prolataire, and is also the brother of Man Mountain Nikola Zigic so obviously good luck to them. Um, in terms of the transfer business we've seen there so far, I think probably the ones that would be worth mentioning would be uh, that of Kukuchi. Um, Purely from the perspective that they've brought in two quite recognisable names, um, which is always, always pleasant, makes my job a lot easier in actually knowing what I'm talking about. Um, not that I ever don't, but uh, the two I'm referring to are, of course, Georgi Ivanovic, um, who comes from uh, Shachov Soligorsk, um, but again, more recently, he's been playing on loan at uh, Olympia, Ljubljana, and Maribor, uh, and also Luka Adzic, who was this former, very highly tipped uh Svenis youngster who moved to Belgium, uh, to Antalyte, and basically blew his knee. And then, uh, unsurprisingly, that didn't work out, and um, he's but has been playing at a decent standard. The last season he's playing for uh, Zvoller in the Netherlands. So, you know, he's playing in the top flight of uh, Dutch football, which obviously is a very decent sign, uh, it, albeit they did get relegated. Um, so, yeah, he should be able to resurrect his career, you would hope, in a more uh, comfortable comfortable surroundings. And they also brought in Milos Ninkovic, uh, the a former international, who uh, started his career off at Cookerji. He's thirty-seven now. Um, has been playing for the past, God knows how long, in Australia. Um. So yeah, mean this is his sort of coming home for a, a final spell, but being able to do so at a very decent club in Cookerji, I think their um, outgoings haven't really kicked off yet. Um. We will cover that sort of thing in full when we get to season previews next month. Uh when I promise things will be a bit more sane around my way. Um but yes, I, I think it is nice to have a uh extra side. Well, sorry, not an extra side, obviously Prota uh went down last season, but to have a replacement. So we've still got the two uh novice ad sides um to see Lados come up. Um in terms of other managerial changes, we've also seen um the very expected departure of uh, Nijan Lalatovic from, from Raznice Um He has gone north to join Borac Baniluka, um, because if you know anything about Lalatovic, really kind of makes complete sense that the only um, job he would really <laughs> want to take outside of Serbia uh, is in the Republic of Sebska. Um Not to be too... <laughs> Uh, not to be too controversial about my opinion there. Yes. Um, what's seen uh, after last year's impressive uh, campaign, uh, Alexander Linter leave Vojtifat uh, joining uh, um He's been promoted from within there. Nibosa Jandrich has taken over. So it'll be very interesting to see how he gets on um, see picking up after, you know, I think what's really been Vojtifat's best ever season um So yeah, uh, it's been it was certainly an an interesting season with a very predictable ending um, in terms of suggested winning. I think they weren't necessarily most impressive for the first half of the season, but when they got rolling, there was no stopping them. uh, Unsurprisingly, Uh, there rarely is. We move up the way to well, actually, having mentioned uh, Borac, we will. quickly mention uh goings on in bosnia herzegovina um because it's worth it i mean boric have backed um near uh, quite handsomely um, we've seen in most recently the actual the actually the return of uh, benjamin tatar to uh, bosnian football now he um if that's not a name you'll too familiar with he moved from Sarajevo not that long ago really um but was an extremely uh prolific player um so he so moved from sarajevo last year um scored type there twenty eight and sixty four uh then moved to the Middle East for a payday and it's going back to Borac uh that's a really good signing for them um I think you will sort of see that side really kick on next season um, because, you know, it it goes without saying, Lelatovic gets the best out of players. He may be mad um, and, you know, there is plenty of evidence of him being mad but you can't argue uh, his talent as uh, doing his job even if he gets involved in a lot of the things that he shouldn't really be getting involved in such as, well, I don't know, getting sent off for trying to start a fight with a fan and chucking something at them, which he managed this season. Anyway, <laughs> going down from there was uh, Rednick, Bielina and Ruda Piero. Uh, so yeah, there will be replacements coming up for those. But currently, currently most impressively, my uh, internet connection on my phone isn't working. So I can't tell you who they are. And I can't honestly remember off the top of my head, um, <laughs> which is, I'm sure, the professional uh, sort of thing you love. Is it, that's why you listen, isn't it? Um, yes. Um, it, uh, this season, so going up, let's just do it to get it right properly. Um, going up, um, because Wikipedia isn't working either. Wikipedia doesn't have it right. Okay. Okay. Um, We'll ignore that last minute of the podcast because um, that was farcical. I'm now determined to find out who went up because I can't remember and I feel like I really have to. Right. Yes. So going up from the uh, Peter Liga, uh, from the Bosnia-Herzegovina sector is... Uh, Igman Konjic. It's their first ever time in the top flight. Um they have actually quite an impressive little squad. Um, I think they will come up and do quite well. Um, certainly going to be ones to watch out for. They've had a bit of investment. Um, and as you can tell, I was reading quite a bit about them recently. Um, not enough to remember their names, but uh, yes. Uh, and coming up from the Republic of Sypska are Krupa, who again. Will be familiar to a lot of fans uh they were in the pure league sorry, sorry. they're in the uh, top fight not that long ago moving up to to croatia and leaving that embarrassing couple of minutes well behind um dino obviously were champions they have retained uh the services of anti cacic for another season um because after all if you come in for five games and win a title it's pretty harsh to fire um one person who is has left is uh man- manager Goran Tomic. We haven't yet had a replacement for him. Um, the Scuttlebutt in Scotland has been that Dundee United manager Tancourt's would, would be taking over. Uh, I will p- feel free to um put my reputation online here. I've spoken with a few local sources, there's no uh truth in that at the time of recording. Um, I will put that at the time of recording caveat in case I am. A- made to look like a bit of a tit later on. Um, Other than that, there's not been too much activity um, within the uh, INL. See, one thing to note is that next season, there is uh, quite a bit of league reform going on. Um, So to give you a very brief rundown of that, because we will do it properly in the season preview, because with that, I actually write a full script for it, um, unlike this. Um, so the High NL, one High L will be called the Elite in the Liga, um, but let's be quite honest, if everyone's still gonna call it the High NL. It's like how everyone still calls the Scottish Premiership, the SPL. It's the High NL, that's just what it is. Um, the second tier will stop being two High NL and now be the P of a Liga, um, which is this annoying thing that they do in Serbia also by calling the second tier the first league. Um, <laughs> that is a reduced reduced in size with the second size of Dinamo and RTX seconds going out of that league completely. They will no longer be able to progress above the third tier. The third tier has now gone into one national grouping and then it goes regional below that. But again, we'll, we'll do that properly uh next time because uh, it will require a bit of explanation and also you know, it, it ties into a lot of the commercial deals um that will change croatian football quite a bit um we have had the uh, fixtures out for croatia in fact so if you're wondering when the the absolutely searing insight of me um, <laughs> is back for next season then um you'll be delighted to know that I will have to get it done before the 15th of July because that's when the season starts. Um, I think a lot of the seasons are starting that week. There's also a lot of um, seasons that will be things that will, will be starting around about that time in terms of Conference League and things like that. I mentioned that again at the end of the episode. Um, Moving up a little bit further to Slovenia and Copaer balled it. Um, so Maribor would proclaimed champions um in the second last game of the season um cope were um ahead they were seemed nailed on to win the title um they, i mean i don't think anyone really could have thought that they would have thrown it away from the position that they were in but they threw it away from the position that they were in um so in that uh, second-to-last game week, they uh, managed to lose three-one to Radomley at home. Um, then on the final day, they needed Bravo. Sorry, Copen needed to beat Bravo to have any chance of winning the title. They drew against Bravo with ten men. Maribor beat Mura three-one. Mura weren't great that day, um, to be quite honest. Um, Maribor were more than worth their uh, their victory. Um, I think I sort of expected a bit more from Bjora that day but what is important for um for Slovenia is that Maribor winning the title means that they are seeded in the first round in the first qualifying round of the Champions League whereas Copa would have been unseeded so presumably that should mean they get a reasonably pleasant draw for the first round you need to be winning um, two rounds to be ensured of at least um, conference league football next season. So being seeded in that first round is a big step towards it because, you know, if you're able to get uh, someone like the champions of San Marino, um, not that you will get the champions of San Marino, but, uh, you know what I mean. Um if you're able to get that draw and get through one round, then you know, your two games from the, the, the uh, your two games from f- European football throughout the autumn and your two games more importantly from a few million quid. Um which ultimately is the bottom line that it all comes down to. So yeah, Maribor, as I say, they are quite safely seeded. Um and you know if you're looking at the size they could face, um you know, there's a lot of not very good ones in there. Um, now the draw itself, um, I think is at the end of the month, so we will certainly uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, we do like talking about our European qualifiers because generally that's the only U- European football we get to talk about on this particular podcast. Um, now speaking of. Uh, Savini. We'll, we'll do one quick mention um, of uh, some transfer business um, because there's been quite a bit of it, and we've seen uh, the copper side start to break up already. So Lamin Kali, uh has moved for I think it's about half a million to um, to Hungary. Um, Tommy Horvat has left Mura for a similar fee, joining Sturm Graz. Um, they have replaced him with someone from Sturm Graz. Who is, um, Someone whose name, who I think will be a success having um, watched a bit of him play, but uh, someone who I kind of hope won't be a success because of um, the spelling of his name. (laughs) Um, It is. I'm going to have to get the spelling of this one up, otherwise I will um, absolutely murder this and I'll absolutely murder the pronunciation of it anyway. it is the Albanian youngster, Dardan Shabanachai. Uh Shabanakshay, S-H-A-B-A-N-H-A-X-H-A-J. Shabanakshay, I think. Um, if <laughs> you happen to work for Mura and that uh, pronunciation is completely wrong, please do feel free to correct me. Uh, my Twitter is um, at H-Y-F-P-R-W. Um, <laughs> I like to try and get things right and I'm going to fail miserably at getting that right for a while yet. Um, the other changes have mainly been at Salis. Um So Simon Rossman has left the club that was completely expected. He was linked with a move back to Croatia. He has had a move back to a, a former club, in fact, at Domzal, Um Sally have replaced him with a Ukrainian guy called Roman Pilipchuk. Um, so yes, that's, just to clarify, that is a Ukrainian manager working for a club owned by Russians. Um, I'm not quite sure how that one works, but hey-ho. Um, they have sort of very quickly gotten rid of a ton of players. Uh, Thomas Tomich has come back. So he was on loan from Olympia. the end of last season he's now permanently at the club um but they've got rid of um loans ending of adam jakobsen duje chop and sam medved um and also let go denis marandici who's Moldovan international and decent uh sam benedicic and the one that's surprising to me is uh Kuzmanovic, um who is a very decent player and um be surprised if he doesn't turn up at a slightly better club. Um, Pilichuk, if you've never heard of him, because I don't think many people have, um, has been assistant at a lot of Russian clubs, um, and we'll get onto it more when it's actually the Slovenian preview episode, but what I would always say is that I'm always a very wary when I see someone who's been an assistant for a long time and had only quite short spells as an actual full on manager, because that sort of suggests that there's a reason. Um why that is not necessarily because they're not talented enough, but the, uh, generally a sort of a personality reason. Uh, some people are just naturally an assistant manager, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um and yeah, that would be my fear with Politchuk. We'll see. Um uh, let me let me let me put it this way: when the I do the Premier League preview. Selya will probably be featuring quite close to the bottom of it. Um, Tavros Susana remained in the league after beating Triglav uh, with some ease uh, in the playoff. Since then, there have been quite a few rumours of some financial issues at the club, which they have come out and denied. Um, That would be slightly concerning. Uh, And you don't normally see too many financial basket cases in Slovenia, um, particularly not at the higher end. Uh, and not for a few years not since uh, Copair went bump um in 2015 um we'll see with that one um how they go um particularly for them you have another local side coming in in Carica, uh coming up as the winners of the second tier um we'll see with with that one um everyone is obviously in nations league business at the moment and um, because what better way to finish a long season than to have four ridiculous international games in a row? Um, I'm sure every single player uh, is absolutely delighted um, for that. Um, So we have in the top, I don't really know, League A, which is the top set of leagues, uh, uh, League A1. Specifically, we have Croatia in with Austria, Denmark, and France. Um, I'm actually recording this as uh, Croatia are playing, uh, and they are uh, actually in the lead. Um, they managed to get a draw against France and lost to um, Austria. So they're sort of doing everything the wrong way around, really. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's you know obviously good to see halfway through the group. and. Um, on their behalf, their last game, this bunch is away in France. So, they're probably getting a win against Denmark would be quite handy because it will probably mean they, they're not going to come out of that game against France as the bottom team in the group um, because France are currently in trouble. Yes, um, <laughs> the world champions, obviously. That makes complete sense that the world champions would be the side in trouble. Um, moving on a bit, going down the way to League B, um, you have Bosnia and Montenegro are both in uh, group three there. Um, and Bosnia with four points, Montenegro with three from two games. Um, Serbia are in League B, group four. They've played three times. Uh, they beat Slovenia, beat Sweden, lost to Norway. Weren't very good against so Norway. Um, against Sweden and Slovenia, you know, obviously they got the three points so they did well but i think what i would say is they're very much kind of one-trick ponies relying on balls in from the wing and relying on a dominance from set pieces particularly against slovenia from a slovenia perspective looking at that game you'd be very concerned um that you lose 4-1 and three of the goals are essentially just copycats the balls out on the right is put in and there's a header and there's a goal and um, that shouldn't be happening um kosovo uh I've got six points they've beaten uh Noran and Cyprus uh losing to Greece they face Greece as the last game which is sort of going to be really a uh, playoff for the top whoever is going to finish top of League C group two and get promoted to League B um North Macedonia got spanked by Georgia uh Georgia very impressive. Um, which shouldn't really be a massive surprise um, because they have some very good players, not least, of course, Vyček, Vyček, um, who Maribor fans will be delighted to know won't be at Dino Batumi uh, for their qualifier. Um, but, yeah, um, they Georgia have won their three games 4-0, 5-2, 3-0. Um, yeah, they're quite scary uh, in that particular environment. Um, but, yes, with Gibraltar as the third side, in sorry as a fourth side in that particular group Um I think North Macedonia will at least be reasonably safe in uh staying up as it were and that is that um yes I will try and record stuff there probably won't be much between here and the um season previews one because there won't be that much going on in the first place and two because i will be busy i'm basically working seven day weeks um for the next three um (laughs) because things are fun um so yes if you did like this episode and would like to talk listen to me talking from a script um, and have some preparation, then please do listen to the timeline episodes. If you enjoyed it, please do uh, pop a review on your chosen podcasting service. They all help algorithms. If you think you'd like to hear even more from me, do follow me on Twitter at HYFPRW. Otherwise, thank you very much for taking the time to listen and enjoy your football.